What is up, people? This is EJ Stewart, and you're listening to New Generation Hero Talk. I have a great show for you lined up today. We'll be talking about the future of Marvel and how it pertains to Deadpool and the cast of Wolverine, and Secret War in terms of how a reboot may be coming that may include many recasts. So we'll talk plenty about that. Also, could we be seeing the return of Robin to the big screen? There are some rumors out there that maybe we'll be seeing Robin in the Batman, so we'll discuss that. And a former producer for Man of Steel, David S. Goyer, went on a podcast, and he had some very interesting, I call them almost testimonials, about what it was like working at DC. And he says things in a plain language, unlike really other former employees have said, including even Zack Snyder, who actually said a lot in the last few years. But the way Goyer kind of presents, and to be fair, he was there, I think, a little even longer than Zack. The way he presents the dysfunction at Warner Brothers during that time period of different executives and what their objectives were, which in his words were to clearly create their own MCU, something that people at Warner Brothers, people at DC have kind of scoffed at. Here, David Gore is saying on no uncertain terms that this is exactly what they were trying to do. So I'm very interested to hear what my guys got to say about that. Speaking of my guys, uh, both are here today, starting with Sham. Staying on the dates, DC note, Sham. Uh, week Sham, about a week ago, uh, we had the uh, we had the the re- the return of Aquaman. We had our our, our most recent Aquaman trailer for uh, Lost Kingdom. Curious what you thought about it. I I really enjoyed the trailer. It was very interesting how Mira is almost barely in it, even though they mentioned that he's like a father now and has a kid, but like you don't know who the mother is, and and Mira's only in one shot. But uh, I dug the trailer. I thought that it really actually. Really, I think the biggest goal it should have had was to add teeth to Black Manta, and even though he's not in it as much as maybe I would like, I think they do with what how they show what they showed from the trailer. So, I dug it. I know you're a big James Wan fan, a big fan of this franchise. So, what do you think of uh, the Aquaman trailer came out last week? I enjoyed it. I I, mean, I am, um, you know, of course you guys know I'm I'm a fan of the first movie. It's definitely one of my favorite superhero movies. Probably one of my favorite movies. It's it's just so rewatchable, enjoyable. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I thought, um, I mean, it was awesome seeing Black Manta with a trident too. Um, yeah. Well, and with kind of his people uh, behind him, and um, yeah, it looks like we're in for quite a, for another confront, another more major confrontations, um, more uh, dazzling visual effects. Um, and more Momoa, which Momoa is all he's, you know, he's just going to be who he is and more Orm as well. Yeah. Yeah. Orm, that was, a, that was the one thing I was, uh, I was, I was curious how you felt Kendall, um, Kendall Stewart joins us as always. And I love the black trident kind of boosting black man to putting them on a different level, putting them as an equal to Aquaman in terms of power and, and his ability to kind of. Uh, kind of basically create kind of his own army against the rest of Atlantis and Atlantis that as Arthur says doesn't always love his antics and who he is as a king um the one thing I did think was interesting that maybe I was a little raised eyebrow about was essentially how much Orm in this movie in this trailer at least seems to kind of very much resemble what Thor did with Loki in the subsequent movies after the first movie and of course Avengers where Loki kind of becomes less of a villain more of like a pseudo partner 
who, you know, will work with Thor, but then maybe stabbing the back of it behooves him. And here, you know, Orm, you know, pretty much working side by side with uh, Arthur, though, of course, you know, we know he really can't be trusted. I'm sure there'll be some kind of double turn at some point. What did you think of the trailer as a whole? And what did you think of that aspect of it? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a good trailer. I mean, it definitely looks like it's going to be a colorful movie, you know, very vibrant visuals. Um, you know, I thought I agree with you guys that, like, clearly a major priority for this trailer was, uh, you know, acknowledging Black Manta as the villain and sort of uh, explaining how a guy who was sort of a side villain in the first movie could be the villain of the second movie. You know, I think that that is... Um, Something that sometimes is challenging. Uh, we saw Doctor Strange just kind of went away from it. You know, that was the plan with Mordo, and then they kind of yes. just went away from it. Um, and, you know, I mean, this is a character that I think most people, or at least a lot of people that are Aquaman fans and DC fans, wanted to see as a villain. And, um, you know, Yaya Abdul Mateen obviously is a talented enough actor to, um, you know, to not just be wasted as a side character or a side villain. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for that aspect of it, but in terms of the Ocean Master part of it, um, it, it was interesting. You know, I mean, it, like you said, it does definitely has the Loki, the Loki vibes for sure. Um, I'm waiting for the Ocean Master uh, HBO Max series <laughs> spinoff show. <laughs> you know, but um, but I mean, those parallels have been around, you know, since you know the Justice League movies and 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 the Aquaman movie came out, you know, Momoa definitely seemed very much like a Chris Hemsworth, uh, you know, counterpart to some degree. So, um, so it's a natural, it's a, it's a natural comparison. Um, but honestly, at this point, like where the, where the DCEU is and whatever this movie, you know, fits into all of this picture for DC, uh, priority is, is, is making this a good movie, you know, regardless of if it seems, Similar, we kind of talked about it with Blue Beetle. There may be some aspects in Blue Beetle that were similar to other superhero movies, and ultimately, it was, it's a lot of those things ended up being, you know, good parts of the movie. So, um, you know, I'm not too worried about the comparisons, but um, but I am interested to see how it does play out. Um, I mean, what's interesting is there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of new players in this movie. You know, like that. No, nobody was on the trailer. I mean, we're, like you said, we're losing, we're losing uh, Mera. You know, mm-hmm. to some degree, uh, yep. at least as a major character. Uh, they've already confirmed Willem Dafoe is not back as Volko, uh, okay. scheduling yeah. conflicts or something yeah. like that. So um, we're losing characters, but we haven't actually been introduced to anybody new. Now I'm sure there will be new characters, probably new Atlanteans that we haven't seen yet. But I don't know for a fact. So that's the only thing that I'm curious to see is, is there anything new about this yeah. movie or is it just a reshuffling of the same characters in different roles this time? I do believe, uh, one of the guys, I forgot what his name was, but for lack of a better term, he kind of looks like, uh, kind of looks like, uh, uh, Groot in <laughs> from what's the name? Like the Brown guy. I think he's new. Um, okay. Uh, he's, he's, I think he's one of the, I think he's a villain in the movie, but, um, I didn't get to read the whole explanation on him, but he, uh, there is one character who I believe is definitely uh, going to be a new character in this. But yeah, for the most part, you're right. It is very much a kind of a run at it back, which again, I'm kind of okay with. Like, I, I feel like this was a world that 
was kind of I don't say glossed over, but we kind of learned a lot in a short amount of time in the last movie. So I actually think that it's worth it for them to really kind of dive back into um, the big characters they're working with here, whether it be Aquaman's mother, whether it be Arthur himself, whether it be Black Manta or um, or Orm. Like I think that I would love to see more Mirror. It doesn't sound like that we're gonna get that, unfortunately. Um, but, but I, I, I'm okay with that. I think this is actually a kind of movie, especially considering as much as Shamari loves, it, I don't know how many people really like remember so many of the plot points from the previous one that I think harping back on those isn't necessarily the, the bad, the worst idea. Like, it's not a story that I think is so widely well known that everybody remembers that like, oh, just going back to a lot of those same characters would somehow turn people off. I think that it wouldn't really matter. So I'm 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 cool with it. It will be um, a f- interesting movie considering you know the rumors on the runtime being pretty short. Uh, it might end up being one of the shorter DC movies we've had in a while. I believe it's under two hours, and maybe you can do that with the fact that you have so many characters coming back. But it will be interesting to see how they how they navigate that. So you got uh, December twentieth is the release date for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. We'll see if that stands given all the strike stuff and. That could kind of be unpredictable, given um, promoting movies without the actors is very difficult, as we've seen. But some studios, it has stopped them from releasing movies. Some it has. So I'll be interested to see if uh, DC and Warner pushes forward with Aquaman. But I want to switch gears here to the top story of the day and the search for the perfect Wolverine. Uh, It is one we thought Kevin Feige would be embarking on prior to signing. Hugh Jackman to reprise the role, but now it sounds like we're, we'll see the very question and task that is casting the perfect uh, Wolverine kind of be a plot point in Deadpool 3. So according to R- Daniel RPK and several other scoopers, the film is reportedly set to include multiple Wolverine variants as Wade looks for the, quote, perfect Wolverine to replace Hugh Jackman. The punchline is that Deadpool will probably uh, uh, apparently come to the conclusion that no one can replace Hugh Jackman. Now, meanwhile, can we get some toast? One of the scoop Twitter accounts we have out here that is pretty good in terms of accuracy when it comes to scoops tweets that Marvel's recasting of Wolverine won't take place until after Secret Wars when much of the MCU will be rebooted on a soft reboot. According to this tweet, it says, well, Feige is making Secret Wars a send off to not only the current MCU, but all the Marvel movies that came before it. And then we had um, the director for Deadpool 3 saying that they're going to really kind of um, explore the Fox Disney legacy in Deadpool 3, which is not surprising given some of the early leaked set photos that we've seen from this film. I'll ask you, Sham, though, first on the Wolverine front before we even talk about Secret Wars. What do you think about that concept that, of that being a plot point in the movie that, that, that Wade is trying to find a great Wolverine? And this is essentially why we end up seeing multiple Wolverines in this film. Um. So when you say he's trying to find a great Wolverine, he's trying to find someone that could play Wolverine moving forward. Fourth wall. He's breaking the yeah, fourth that's wall a very, in that regard. Like a very, a very significant fourth wall break here. Then basically, where I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, but I mean, it's Deadpool, so I guess you know, kind of throw conventional movie making and story writing out the window sort of but but um i don't know how i feel about that i i would much rather just just give me a new wolverine 
you know, I just I just want a new Wolverine, and I'd be happy with that. Now, the costume they have for you, Jackman, is fantastic. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing that. I'm looking forward to seeing any Wolverine on screen, and I'm also looking forward to um, them kind of, I think, ironically putting themselves even more on the hot seat by teasing Wolverine again, by having this faux, like, search for Wolverine. Another, yeah. With while still not giving us an actual Wolverine, yeah. while also giving us subpar it's material. It's a very dangerous game, man. While also giving us like mid subpar <laughs> material that's like not what we want to see. So it's like weird. By that time, what if and, season two come out? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe this is me being naive, but there's a part of me that feels like there's almost no way a Ryan Reynolds. Deadpool, a Hugh Jackman Wolverine is mid content. I mean, I don't think that's going to be mid, but everything else around that, right, I right, mean, right. leading into Secret War. I'm saying like the jokes won't be as funny if all the movies around these. That oh, movie okay, I guess you were saying no. not as good. Yeah, no, I'm saying this movie's going to. Oh, gonna, oh okay. I'm just I, sorry. I, mess, I misunderstood you now. Okay, I get you. Yeah, no, I'm just saying in the context of the Disney MCU just being very mid in general, it, uh, it's just. You know, it's a dangerous game to play. Dangerous game. I think they're going to be putting themselves even more on the hot seat. And I think this movie is going to be great. Ryan Reynolds is great. Hugh Jackman is great. You know, that alone kind of sets this this film up for success. Um, but um, this plot, I don't know how I feel about. I mean, I would I would rather. It feels. It also feels trolly again, kind of. Well, going, that's what I was kind, say. kind of dipping back into that trolly. That's what I was going to say. Kind of well of of oh, we want a Wolverine. Oh, maybe we'll find one. Because maybe we want. It's like uh, that. Know. Like if this were just, if this was a Deadpool three that had nothing to do with Marvel Studios and it was just Fox. Yeah, nothing to do with the MCU. You know, and they were trying to find a new Wolverine for the Fox MCU or, or Fox uh, X Men or something like that. Like. You know, I would have really no problem with it because I'm like, yeah, this this fits the bill of what of the direction that they've been going with Deadpool. Deadpool has broken the fourth wall multiple times, uh, you know, in his movies. And, um, you know, Wolverine's been sort of the big fish that they haven't been able to, to use yet in those movies. But the the problem is that I feel like I've seen this movie, you know, I think about Mr. Fantastic, you know, Reed Richards being in. Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and the, you know, sort of fan cast John Krasinski version of Reed Richards. Mm -hmm. um, it was a great moment in the moment, but the the aftermath and reaction was not really, not necessarily what they wanted. Um, yeah. the, you know, that should have been an internet breaking, you know, all time great Marvel moment. The first time we see Reed Richards in the MCU, and instead it's kind of a, it's kind of a meme. You know, yeah. at this point, right. um, you know, we've talked about the Evan Peters thing with Ralph Boner, you know, another one where it's like that's something that should have been a great moment. And it was when it was first introduced as a concept and then it fell flat on the flat on his face. You know, with this, I feel like. You get very dangerous into like Shamari talked about Shamari's talked about for months and years, really, how much you'd love to see John Krasinski playing, you know, Reed Richards. Um you know, we get Taron Egerton in this movie playing Wolverine, and you kill him off, or you do some sort of play some sort of game, yeah, and some, he's some not actually gag. Wolverine. 
you know, and you bring in Daniel Ratcliffe and you have him have his version of Wolverine and you bring in Tom Hardy or whatever, whoever other your, your, your fan cast is for Wolverine. And it doesn't, and maybe people love it, but if the, if at the end of the day, you know, it's all just a game and none of these people are playing Wolverine. And maybe, like you said, maybe that's the end up. That's the conclusion of this movie is that none of these people should be Wolverine. It's actually going to be Hugh Jackman for the next 10 years. Uh, which we don't know if that's going to be the case, but um, that's a dangerous game to play. Even if it ends up being a good movie, like you know, like Shamari said, it's really just about the, the the world that they're in right now. Marvel is just—I don't know if they're in a position to 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 play these kind of games, but it's Deadpool. Like you have to to some degree. Like you can't—you're not going to just make a conventional Deadpool movie. So it, I get it from that perspective. I am in, I am encouraged by the fact that they do understand the gravity of like the, the Wolverine casting. Yeah. I mean, you I know, feel they, like that's something you've talked about uh, for years now, how important it is and how much of a big deal it is. And I mean, in some ways, like what's a bigger way to tell you how important it is than to make it the plot. One of the plot points in <laughs> a new movie is yes. just that topic itself. Obviously they're thinking about it. Yeah. 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 Obviously it's, they're thinking about it. So that part I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I am intrigued by, um, but like with Marvel, I'm like at this point, any tangible, any tangible, you know, results, any tangible information, supposed to like more innuendo about who, what they may, what direction they may go, or you know, teases that this may happen. Like, you know, now the question, and we've we've said this before, we've theorized, and I guess this kind of makes it more likely, uh, even though they don't necessarily say this. Yeah. Um, but we've theorized that like we could come out of this movie knowing who the next Wolverine is, you know, and that's you know, according to the can we now? Yeah, I mean, according to the can we get some toast? They're saying that we won't apparently. That they're right. saying that basically Jackman will remain Wolverine by the end of the movie, and then we'll have to watch Secret Wars when the whole universe gets rebooted at that point. And then of course, some people probably I assume will stay, but at that point Wolverine will certainly go, and that, and that. That Secret Wars will be the swan song for all Fox characters. Like anybody right. Fox will be done at that point. Which I like that concept. Like, because like, that's not something, that's not a sandbox you should be playing in for a long period of time. That's like, we, we want to bring these people in. That's great. We love to see them. And then, like, you, you should move on. That's what you should do. Um, I've said that from the beginning. Uh, I know it's, it's a little, it's tough when you have such great actors like McAvoy and Fastbender, particularly. But to me, it just it didn't make sense to keep that legacy around and that baggage around when you have the opportunity to create something your own completely. So I, that's how I would do it. So I, I like that concept of it. The I'm not as concerned about the Wolverine plot point, though. Again, I may just end up being naive because I think this is going to be really funny and really good. Um, I, I do feel like in some ways I'm kind of like setting myself up to like then be annoyed that like, they don't then end up doing something good in Secret War, so it kind of ruins like Deadpool three, understanding that hey we're gonna get into Wolverine, but like just won't, not yet. So I don't know. I I do feel like they do. I do think you guys make a good point that they they do kind of run the risk of this is something we say in wrestling all uh, wrestling sometimes when you book shows more for the boys in the back than you do for your audience, and like the concept of like, oh yeah. you did that just for a pop from the boys in the back because they kind of know wink wink what's happening behind the scenes. And maybe some smarts know what's happening behind the scenes, but not the larger audience. Or the larger audience doesn't even care. Something that uh, AEW particularly has been, like, criticized for. 
and there is a concept of like popping the boys in the back that comes with saying we're going to do a movie where a plot point is who's going to be Wolverine and then nobody gets picked. Like, as Kendall mentioned, like this is a important thing and it is something that is a big deal. But like, it's it is like a Hollywood in circle us talking on podcasts who cover this industry kind of thing. I don't know if just like the person who randomly is gonna watch this Deadpool movie like really is into like the recasting of Wolverine as being like a thing, like you know. So there is a risk with that. I I again maybe I'm being naive. I'm giving them some rope that they could figure this out because. I trust the creatives that are working on this movie, but it is definitely a risk, and there's no question about that. But I, but but in a vacuum, I love the concept. I don't think it's too weird for Deadpool at all for this to be the plot of the movie. Someone who likes reading Deadpool comic books, this sounds hilarious, and absolutely sounds like something that I can see. So, and it's very aggressive for floor breaking. But again, this is Deadpool. If you thought She Hulk was something, wait till you watch Deadpool. So. I think it's a great idea. I just wonder if 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 it ends up kind of being something that falls flat with a larger audience than just people like me or people like us. I am, and we we've talked about it before um, when if the stuff start, first started to trickle, but uh, the news first started to trickle in. But like it's over the weeks, it's become more and more. Uh, more and more buzz, more and more heat around the idea that there is going to be some sort of reboot yes. of the MCU. Um, and, and I'll just, I guess, echo the sentiments that I had before that I continue to believe. I don't think that this was the plan. And I think that Marvel is pivoting. I mean, there um, are people getting removed from Secret Wars that are supposed to do it. People removed from certain movies in terms of the creative, the writing, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's... Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, I think that that, you're, I don't know if we ever talked about that on this show, but, like, Waldron and Loveness not being involved with King Dynasty and, and Tika Wars anymore, I think is, like, the... Yeah, we talked about it. That, that's... Really, but we've mentioned it. Yeah, like, that is the uh, clear sign that they've decided to pivot from whatever their initial story yeah, was. Yeah, I mean, just like when they decided that they were going to move on from Derrickson and do Raimi. Like, it's like, yep. some of these things, like... These things end up being footnotes. Like, oh, there's nothing. They're just going to do it. Like, no. When they do that, that's a huge creative shift. I agree. Yes. And so um, what the impetus of that right. is? That's the question. Was it Iger? Was it Feige kind of coming to his senses to some degree? Mm-hmm. Was Feige panicking? Whatever that yeah. is, I don't know. But something something's changed. And... Um, to me, it's wild that we were at this place now where, like, the MCU was... was Teflon. You know, it was Teflon. It was, it was, Teflon. It was completely Teflon. untouchable. And were they spooked by DC? You know, DC's got something new, something different coming in. Yeah. James Gunn, you know... Has a plan in place. He has a plan, and he might be a name and a figure that Kevin Feige... You know, he knows. He might be... I'm not going to say he was afraid of him, but he might... You know, that might be a guy that they're like, all right, we can't mess around anymore. Like, DC is getting their act together. They've got competent leadership now um, from a creative standpoint. Like, we can't just play around and, and, and assume that people are going to like our stuff better than that. So, yeah. and they're, they've got a leg up. You know, as much as Marvel has had the leg up in terms of having the continuity already set, like, now DC has a leg up because they have a blank slate that they can deal with. Marvel has what now has to be considered baggage 
you know, like the Eternals is baggage in their in their in their uh, arsenal. You know, Ant Man and his crew is baggage. Like they have too many of these characters and too many of these concepts. You know, the scrolls and everything yeah. involving them is baggage. And they greenlit all this stuff that no one cares about. Yeah, that that's, that's more bad. That they're just gonna make. You know, they're just going to make it. They apparently they're just gonna make it and release it. it, and... it, it, it there was a rumor that the Agatha Harkness show has a new title, and I'm like, yeah, why? Rumor, why are we even a, still a, thir- a third I, title? Because remember, it was just, yeah. uh, the the Dark Hold of yeah, something darkness or something. Yeah, like first it was yeah. Coven. Of, it was one point it was Coven of Chaos, and another point yeah. it was House of Harkness. Like it's like yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just too know. much going on. It, it it just I really think we need to just we. And I hate to say this because there are projects. I'm, I'm one. I'm curious how the Marvels are. I cannot wait for Deadpool three. I want to see what the new Captain America is. I think that's going to be end up being a good movie. But I, I do, to a certain point, do feel like yo, just fast forward me to the freaking Avenger movies, so I just can get to like whatever the next thing is going to be. Like that. That's that is me my too. energy. Now I hope that Marvel can change that by what they do in these next few movies. But like, they're pushing me to that point where at this point where it is just like look like. Whatever, like, and that's and Fantastic Four is supposed to come up before this happens. Like, think, like, think how ridiculous that is. But that's how I feel right now. It's just like, just get me to the next movies, like, the next phase and like, you know, next era of Marvel movies. Because like, a, a an all new, all different, which is kind of how they presented uh, the tweet that uh, that can we get some toast tweeted? Like, like I, I'm at this point, I'm in on a lot of things. I'm in on anything pretty much. I'm down for whatever. So it's like, all right, like, all new, all different different casting of people bringing back iron man bringing back people like yeah like why not like why not at this point like we kind of it just feels like we kind of hit a creative rut so i have no problem with them making an aggressive move like that i hope that they can create a movie that is worth that worth earning that kind of big move but i'm all for it at this point i I, but it's just a shame because there was stuff that's happened in movies that have come out since the end of endgame that i really truly cared about and some were good I like Black Panther. I like Shang Chi. Um, I like some of the Disney Plus projects, but not enough were things that ended up being something I had to watch or appointment television or appointment movie watching, and that just was that for a long time that was never the case with Marvel. But now I can look back and see some of these movies. I like Doctor Strange, but so, again, some of the movies I even liked still I wouldn't consider maybe appointment watching or something i had to watch something that's gonna be so memorable that i'll never forget it like they haven't created those moments really for me so that's something that i really hope that we get in the next phase i think there's a chance that we will i, I just i think that maybe as Kendall mentioned they realize that a big change is needed and the only way to do that is to make a big switch uh, i want to shift gears and go over to dc here uh because the batman franchise of course headed by uh by by matt reeves has been lauded for its attempts at grounding itself in reality. But one rumor says an important callback to the comics that perhaps some people feel like is a little unrealistic will be coming to the big screen and coming to the franchise. So my time to shine is crazy that these are the people we're following now for scoops, but these people get stuff right. These random Twitter accounts, but my time to shine tweets that the sequel to the Batman will feature a 13 year old Dick Grayson as Robin. So, very surprising there. I think we've heard Reeves discuss that he does like Robin, but I think there were question marks given how real his world is about whether Robin would exist. And given that we're going to have literally a Batman and Robin movie, a Brave and the Bull movie, it's going to be done by Andy Muschietti. That's being, of course, you know, kind of overseen by James Gunn. I thought maybe Robin was kind of out of the picture, but here 
you have this rumor that Robin, not only are we going to have Robin, not only is it Dick Grayson, but he's going to be 13. Is apparently uh, in play for the, the Batman sequel, whether it's the Batman 2, whatever they end up naming it. So Kendall, thumbs up or thumbs down on the idea of a 13-year-old Dick Grayson being in the Batman 2. Um, I am thumbs up for the Batman 2 having this 13-year-old Dick Grayson. Um, I think it's definitely a thumbs down for like James Gunn's Batman movie that he's making and that that's the biggest thing with this is that um look ultimately I don't really care. I've said it before I've said it multiple times I don't really care about James Gunn's Batman movie you know and I think that that's, that might be controversial uh because Batman and so to say I don't care about the Batman movie coming out um but the one thing it the one thing that 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 is that has that was going to be different about it was like look we haven't really had a real Batman and Robin movie since Batman and Robin, and Robin in those in that universe is like thirty, so <laughs> he's like twenty five, twenty two. He's like in college. I think I think he's older than uh, Brent Thwaites was in Titans, <laughs> which is saying something. Yeah, Brent, I know because Brent Thwaites was pretty old. <laughs> um, so like, so this is the this is really the first real Robin that we've gotten. It's gonna be the first real Robin we've gotten since Burt Ward, you know, going way back. So. Um, that was going to be meaningful, and that's something that was going to be interesting, and I think that that was a selling point for James Gunn, but uh, once you tell me that we're getting Robin in this universe, that really undercuts that. Uh, obviously, that Robin is going to be Damian Wayne, the Robin in, in James Gunn's movie, um, which is still is a massively, a vastly, a massively different dynamic, you know, than, than the Dick Grayson Bruce Wayne dynamic, but um, Still, I think that that undercuts it quite a bit from a audience perspective, you know, a casual perspective. I think most people are going to be looking at it and being like, why do I need two Batman and Robins running around? You know, yeah. like having a Batman and a Robin that ran adjacent to Robert Pattinson's Batman in his universe may have been easier to sell, more clear to people that this is different. Um, now, I mean, it, you're just going to have to make it look completely different, like aesthetically. But like. Batman movies in the last 20 years, I mean, we've only had the Nolans and the and the, the Reeves movies, but, like, they all kind of look the same, you know? Like, they don't... And, and Joker as well. You know, yeah, and we had Joker, and I guess you want to talk about BVS. Batman and Superman. And Batman. And Batman. Yeah. 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 So, like, they, like, visually, they're not all that... Like, the costumes are different, you know, but a lot of it is still very dark and this and that, and people are are going to get somewhat confused by, by the idea that, oh, there's multiple Batman movies now, so... You're gonna have to make it look super different than the uh, than the Batman movies, but no, I think that this is a is great for the Batman. You know, I think that um, it reminds me a lot of uh, its prior namesake in the the Batman cartoon, where you had a younger yeah. Bruce Wayne who still adopts, you know, and, and brings in a younger, you know, degradation, and yeah. that storyline is consistent and it makes sense, and I think it's still possible in this. Uh, in this universe as well, particularly considering, you know, this Bruce Wayne is so such a loner and such a, you know, kind of somebody who just stays to himself that it could be interesting. Um, you know, I, I, that so I, I'm all I'm all I mean, I, I like that universe already. Um, and that's the one thing that we really haven't gotten in the modern Batman movie universe is, is a Robin. So I'm all for it. 
So it's interesting, Sham. Like you, as you guys know, Dick Grayson is arguably my favorite DC character. So I saw this and saw Dick Grayson being introduced in the Batman universe. There's James Gunn has hinted that Nightwing will exist in the Batman and the old type universe that they're creating, but nothing's been explicit. There's a there's a part there's part of me that's torn, Sham, because like there's one part of me that feels like Dick Grayson's kind of really he's like he's been Nightwing for so long. I don't even know how many people still really associate him as Robin. Like <laughs> I really feel like he really is his own character, a new hero a newer hero, which is so rare. Like it's like how many characters in the history of comics you can say we're one extremely important mainstream a level type character and then change their moniker to a different moniker and people kind of forgot about the old moniker i literally did a podcast with damon amendola shout out to damon amendola well i did a radio show with him and did a podcast with andrew bogish shout out to him both on cbs sports radio neither of them knew that like there were multiple robins neither of them knew about this whole lore that comes with all of this. So there's a part of me that almost wonders, like, is it worth it to even go back to, like, Dick Grayson being Robin? Because, like, it just feels like he's so far removed from that at this point. That either your older head, like Damien and, and Andrew, where you kind of just thought that, oh, well, that Robin's just the same guy. Who's been, he's the same person that's been wearing the costume for the last 70 years, even though he's not. Mm-hmm. Or you're like me, where if you know anything about Dick Grayson, you, you kind of don't even you think about Damian Wayne, you think about Jason Todd, you think about uh, uh, Dick uh, Drizzy, uh, Tim Drake. You think about so many people before you th- even remember, think about Dick Grayson as Robin, the partner to Batman, the sidekick, like that person. That part of me wants isn't even worth going back to it. But on the flip side, Sham, part of me is like maybe that's why you do it. Like, because in some ways it's kind of fresh. Like, I mentioned Chris O'Donnell hasn't been, he was the last Robin. That was ages ago. And then, of course, we have the 60s Batman. Uh, that's, again, ages ago. Like, we, we really haven't seen the Bruce Wayne, Dick Grayson dynamic in the Batman and Robin dynamic in decades. So, I, I got, in some I ways, got, it might actually be fresh. We we, we did get Robin in, in The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> no, no, we did not. I'm not counting that. Uh, I'm not counting Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No, and we also, no. Uh, His middle name, Robin, whatever that was, no. I, <laughs> I like that movie, but no, we're not doing that. And we also got, um, we did get uh, Batman for a bit in Titans as well, Bruce and Titans. Uh, I forgot the homie from uh, Sir Jorah, I think. From yeah, uh, from- yeah, but like that was different <laughs> too. I don't count. I don't count either of those. And that and that and that's not the big screen. I, I did think about that, but I didn't include that because like I was talking about movies. <laughs> but no, I don't include that. That guy never wore the cowl was Batman. <laughs> he was like sixty. I don't know. It was just very weird. There's a lot of weird stuff going yeah, on. That was, the I, was, I wouldn't have casted him, even though I didn't. I didn't mind. He was. He did a decent job, but I wouldn't have casted him. But um, but yeah, and it's funny. Even to your point, EJ, uh, even Brendan Thwaites and Titans, he was Nightwing for longer than he was Robin. Even yeah, which right. Which is interesting. Um, and like, I just in, think that like people are like when they think of I think when they think of Robin, I don't think uh, unless you just don't really follow this, where you do think okay, whoever the first Robin was was the same Robin, kind of like again Da and. Andrew, but I think if you like actually like know anything about DC Comics and you know about the history of Robin, I don't think people think when they see Robin they think Dick Grayson. And maybe that sounds crazy because he was Robin maybe so, the longest. But I, I 
I think they I think moved on I think to either Tim backwards. Drake or or Damian Wayne. I think it's backwards. I think I think when people think Dick Grayson, I think they might think Nightwing before they think Robin. I still think he's still the like like I said. I guess it's tough because there's there's different versions. Like there's different comic book fans. Yeah, there's different like you know yeah, and age groups, different time periods. I guess you know. I still think that like I mean for me like I'm I mean I'm a you know, fairly big comic book fan. I, I would still, when I think Robin, I still think Dick Grayson. Really? Um, That's surprising to me. It's the first thing that, and, and it's, like you said, it's odd to a degree because most, uh, you know, outside media at this point is is centered around uh, Damian Wayne. I mean, I will say, you know, the Robin, the probably the, the, the honestly, the most popular version of Robin might be Teen Titans. And that's still Dick Grayson. That is Dick Grayson. Yes. You yep. know, so that part, that too. you know, and they don't really get into a secret identity. No, at all. they don't. So really. It's kind of vague, but, but obviously it's Dick Grayson in that show. So, um, so that's one, that's one part of it. But like, to me, like, I mean, I've said it before, my favorite version of Robin and uh, probably my favorite version of Grayson as well is, is Young Justice. You know, Young Justice mm-hmm. Robin is one of my one of the things I, I that frustrated me the most about Young Justice was we get we only got one season of Dick Grayson and Robin. Mm. You know, and the time jump, you know, he becomes Nightwing and he's a, still a great character. Um, and I think that kind of plays into EJ's point where it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, just kind of like that's the it's thing you would like, do. Everybody thinks of it as Nightwing. So what do you do? All right. He's right. one season as Robin. All right. Let's move on. Titans the same thing. Right. All right. One season Robin. All right. Let's move on. He's Nightwing. Let's go. It's like yeah, that's become a new thing. Like you said, that's become the new yeah. the new trend is to is to move away from that. And then James Gunn is playing into that by making Damian Wayne his Robin. Um, so yeah, Reed- that's almost goes back to my point oh. though about why like maybe this is smart for Reeves because so many times people don't really recently explore the Dick Grayson as right. Robin dynamic with Bruce. This is not something that we really And my favorite before. thing with Dick Grayson is when we see the progression from him uh as Robin to Nightwing, which is so great by Young Justice and um the Bat- Batman the animated series and all these a lot of these different versions that we've seen. Um mm-hmm. when he just shows up as Nightwing, I almost feel like there's a missing thing. Like you know his history. There's a, there's a disillusionment that he has with the with Batman's war on crime. Like, right. here is somebody close in Batman Circle who's like, this is BS. Like, how you're doing this is BS. I, I get needing to save the city. I get, like, wanting to, like, do what you need to do because, like, the city's messed up. But, like, your methods and, like, just you. is I I, I, I kind of, uh, I joked with DA and Andrew. It's like Shaq and Kobe breaking up. It, I mean, it's, right. it's not, like, great. Like, it's not like these guys were, like, going to be enemies. But, like. It's like uh, I, I, I've grown out of this, and like also you're kind of like crazy. Like I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Like mm-hmm. you're my guy. You're you know whatever. I always you always be close to me, and like Batman trusts Dick yeah. maybe more than anybody. But mm-hmm. it's but like I think seeing Dick's slow disillusionment with like how Batman treats him, how he treats other people is I agree, Kendall. Brilliant. I think it's one of the best things I loved about that season one of Young Justice. Of like all the yeah. pressure Dick deals with with being the protege of Batman and what that means and how much he kind of doesn't really know if that's who he is because he's not Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I agree with everything you said um, as well. I, I I think this is a really good thing for this movie. Honestly, um, I think it will 
Well, first of all, I think it'll be a great opportunity for whoever gets cast as Robin. That's going to be quite quite the role. Oh yeah, I mean, you think um, Spider Man is better? I argue this might be better because like you because yeah. like how I don't I think we've all had questions about whether or not we want an old Spider Man. I mean, look, Dick Grayson like he's if he becomes Nightwing, he's Nightwing, so he's just he's that's who he is. So you're always going to have a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, and and um. And it'll be interesting to see uh, this uh, Robert Pattinson Batman play off of someone else because he was very, he was very isolated. Yeah, Lone Wolf in in the first movie, very isolated. It was like almost like a big kind of almost a almost like a major like subplot in the movie. So it's it's, it's going to be very interesting to see, and and just to see a young person in this Gotham. This is such a horrible Gotham, mm-hmm. you know that to see someone see a young person here. You know who has already dealt with tragedy. Yeah. Um. I'm wondering if we'll see the Grayson's death. We'll see the Haley Circus, all that kind of stuff. I don't know if they're going to show all that. But um. But yeah, it's going to be fun to see. I'm I'm looking forward to what it do you, as well. What do you guys make of the? Because we've also gotten word that Clayface is going to be a villain in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, and that's been thrown around as a rumor for a while now. But yeah. becoming more and more solidified that he's going to be in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. When I first heard that this was the case, I thought, you know, I thought my first thought, oh, this is weird. Like, Clayface is, is you know, a much more uh, fantastical, supernatural villain. Yeah, you don't know make more sense that Brave and the Bold, you would think, in a vacuum. Right. Yeah, right. Because, yeah. you know, they had they haven't played in that sandbox. They, that, the, the last movie very was very grounded. practical, very grounded. Um but then, uh, you know, when I thought about it harder, I was like, you know, you could do some really interesting, you know, mystery stuff, detective stuff around who is Clayface. Yeah, because he can shapeshift. Um, as well. He can shapeshift. He, there's, you really don't know who he is. Um, that stuff could be really good. Um, and so, and maybe it is uh, important for them to introduce some supernatural aspects to the universe to make it really feel um, like a Batman universe. Um, right. I don't think he should be the only, and I will say there are also people talk about how there are really older versions of Clayface, original versions of Clayface, where he's a lot more like a, you know, a mobster wearing a mask, you know, kind of thing, and mm. not necessarily, you know, he's not supernatural, you know. So they they yeah. could it could be Clayface in name only to some degree, like it might not be the the goo monster that, we, <laughs> that we're used to, but um, but I also don't think that he is going to be and i don't know if he should be the only villain you know i think that he definitely feels like more of like a a b villain you know mm-hmm. to someone else's a villain or vice versa if he's gonna be the a villain you should have somebody else in my opinion i'm just even uh, reading like the origin of clayface from 1940 um the original clayface basile carlo it says he's in just according to Wikipedia, he's a b-list actor who's driven insane when he hears that a remake of the classic horror film he starred in would be shot without him acting in the film, even though he is the, he is to be the one advising the staff. Donning the costume of Clayface, a villain once uh, he once played in a different movie, he begins killing the actors, playing characters he killed in the order and the way he, they die in the film, along with someone who knew his identity. That sounds like a Matt Reeves plot. Like, does that not sound like kind of what we watched? The, the, the Batman 1? Like you talk about murder mystery, yeah. like he could probably just take that story and make it great. Now I don't know if you want to go just word for word, bar for bar, 
But like, I'm mean, like reading this, I'm like, oh, I could totally see Matt Reeves seeing this to me. Like, oh yeah, that's a perfect next noir Batman movie I can do. Yeah, yeah, I can see that as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, go ahead. No, I was gonna say it's it's a. Uh, yeah, I mean, Clayface is a great villain and a great character. I do. I I feel like for him to work, he he's gotta be the main character. Like, I don't want them to. Mm, interesting. Like, okay. make him like how Penguin was. Like, or like Penguin was in a great role, or right, like Joker. Right. You know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, Joker's maybe well, not the same. Joker's not the same. If he's a, he's one right. scene or whatever, that's fine. But like, I think like if you're gonna lean into Clayface being in this movie, then like he needs to really be in the movie. You know, he's really the funny person that's driving the storyline. Because when I first heard this, uh, and I and I talked about this with Kendall as well, the first thing that came to my mind was Sandman from <laughs> from Spider Man Three. Yeah. Um, and obviously he wasn't the only villain, or necessarily even the main villain, but he, I think he's. Probably, maybe even the closest comparison we have to someone like Clayface, probably with with those kinds of abilities. Yeah. Um. And I, mind you, in Spider Man Three had a lot of problems. I actually, like what they did with Sandman a lot in Spider Man Three. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I think with Clayface, it it just, of course, in typical Gotham fashion, would be much more of a tragic. It, that story was tragic too, but this one I think would be, could be even more kind of dark and tragic as well. Um. But yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I have to. I'm, I'm open to him either being a main villain or a side villain. I, it, it would very much depend on on what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, making him a main villain would be, I think, hard to sell to DC uh, and Warner Brothers, just because Batman. I mean, just show, just a, show them the Batman. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, he's he's a legit. Batman. He's a legit B list Batman villain. Yeah, there's so <laughs> many B list. He's a good villain, but he's B list. I'll be honest. They have, <laughs> there's so many Batman villains. Like, if we're talking just I mean, wasn't notoriety... He, wasn't he like the final fight in uh, Arkham City or something? It was... It was... I don't know. <laughs> Arkham City? Wasn't that the uh, Joker? Well, you're fighting Clayface, um, and then isn't, isn't, like, the Joker revealed to be Clayface, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the Joker's, like, revealed to be Clayface. Uh, spoiler, uh, spoiler alert for uh, whatever, but <laughs> but yeah, it's like a whole big twist, and then you're fighting oh. Clayface at the end. I gotta like, play that game again. I don't remember. Yeah, so yeah, so it was I, very, you, I didn't see it coming. And granted, <laughs> I think when you talk about uh, you know, is he amongst the top ten most popular, or most known Batman villains? Granted, that list is probably mostly people that have been villains of movies before. That's like, true. He's not gotten that. Pla- he's not gotten that platform. Yeah, he's right. not gotten that platform. So maybe you give him that platform and he could be in that list. You know, yes. but um I mean if we just run them off. Catwoman, you know, Joker, that's two. Penguin. Penguin three. Ivy four. Freeze five. Bane. Um, Bane six. Um that's 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 like that's the, the that's the that's the criminal crime. Oh, Riddler yeah, seven. Riddler seven. Yeah. yeah. He's nowhere I near mean, those. I, yeah, I think once you get past those, now you argue. yeah, you can start to argue. Yeah, he can maybe ten, but I almost think that the top seven are really the ones that matter in terms of A list. Right. I don't maybe. think I don't think I don't think we're missing anybody that's A list. Right. You know, and then in Reach, I'll go. I would argue might be now. Eight. In okay, Reach, I'll put eight. Right. Yeah. Right. So I say those eight. He's not in that top. He's not in that class. I agree. And I they've agree. used like half of them already. 
you know, which again, it feels like DC and Warner Brothers. Yeah, we didn't name anybody that hasn't been in a movie before. Right. Um, and like, I, I meant like in this Batman universe, like we already got. Oh, Joker, right. Yeah. Catwoman, we got Joker, Riddler, we got Catwoman, we got Penguin. Riddler, we got him Penguin. <laughs> you know, those are the big fish in, for many, in many ways. Um, you know, the one that, you know, and Two-Face, did we mention him? He's, he's on that list as well. Right, he's on that list too. So, that's nine. so, so it is yeah. kind of close to 10. You're right. You yeah. know, like that's nine. He's not touching. No, now, he's not touching. Now you're though. debating, you know, where is him and Killer Croc? You know, where is him and Croc and Mad Hatter? Strange. You know, the Ventriloquist and Scarface. Like, right. You know, which I'm putting him ahead of those guys, but like. Hush, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. now you're in a different. You're playing Harley Quinn. Example. You know, does she, does she count? You know, like. Yeah, that's a good point. If Harley Quinn counts, then she's definitely in that top 10. Yeah. Ahead of him. So. Yeah, Harley, I think, Harley probably should count, but Harley's almost like Nightwing, where I think she's kind of outgrown Girl, being a Batman yeah. villain. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I would put her in the same class, but but if you were putting her there, then she's 100% in that top, not 10. So, yeah, right. like there's, there's 10 clear A-list villains that he's not among them. Now, he's also never been in the movie, so this is something we've never seen before, and he may fit how Matt Reeves likes to tell stories in terms of the murder mystery aspect of it, as well as maybe anybody left on the board that haven't we haven't seen before. So, yes, I, I so that's that's that makes it an interesting uh, thing. Last thing before we get out of here, real quick, I was very fascinated by what David Escor was saying. Um, he was a producer on Man of Steel, and he spoke about his perspective on how Warner Brothers tried to push its own connected universe similar to Marvel during his time there. He was on the uh, Happy, Sad, Confused podcast where Gloria said, quote, I know the pressure we were getting from Warner Brothers, which was, quote, we need our MCU, we need our MCU. And I was like, let's not run before we walk. He also said, quote, the other thing that was difficult at the time was there was a revolving door of executives at Warner Brothers in D.C. Every 18 months, someone new would come in. We were getting whiplash. We were just getting, we were just getting whiplash. Every, every new person was like, we're going to go bigger. I remember at one point, the person running Warner Brothers at the time had this release that pitched the next 20 movies over the next 10 years, but none of them had been written yet. It was crazy how much architecture was being built on air. This is not how you build a house. And I know Shamari was looking at his chops when he read this because I don't know how many times we've talked on this show, I guess Kendall as well, about... DC in these like now we know why we were getting these random movies that kept saying they were making that weren't being made. Like yep. how many times yep. did we do episodes of this podcast where we'd say Booster Gold movie coming out, Green Lantern movie coming out, Nightwing movie coming out. Like stuff Never that just it is it was fiction. Just made it up. And you're like, how are you saying movies are in development, but like you didn't you haven't gotten the movie that you're working on <laughs> even off the ground. Like it didn't make any sense. But, like, this makes a lot of sense. Like, the way David Gore puts this, it crystallizes everything. Yeah, yeah, people were coming in, and they're Warner Brothers executives. They're not people who actually, like, are creatives at DC. They come in, they're running their mouths to us about all the stuff they're going to do and telling the creatives to find a way to make it work. And from Gore's standpoint, he's like, how do we do this when we don't have writers, we don't have a plan? Like, how do we do this when we have new leadership every year? <laughs> Which was a, a factor at one point, it seemed like, at DC. It's um, 
it was extremely enlightening. And shout out to David Gore for doing this, uh, this, this podcast and doing this conversation because I feel like so many people, and I'm sure we'll end up getting maybe a great documentary or, or maybe even a bigger podcast about this time. But like, I just feel like we all kind of saw what was happening in public and they kind of gaslit us think that that wasn't what was happening. But I just appreciate Sham Gore kind of laying out there as we all could clearly see that this is what they were trying to do and why it was so flawed. I do too. Yeah. I definitely had to let you guys, let you guys know about, about this. When I saw this, I was like, Oh boy. Um, this is, uh, basically what we had, what we had kind of thought was going on. Yeah. You know, it kind of confirms what we had suspected. We had talked about it, of course, week after week after week when we kept hearing about these new movies or other projects that were being created or were supposedly supposed to be in development. Um, and, and it just, we were just wondering why, why, how, like, so it just kind of, like you said, it just kind of helps us to understand. And, uh, you know, David Goyer, uh, I'm watching one of his shows now, Foundation on Apple TV plus, um, if there anyone, anyone out there's a sci-fi fan, uh, definitely check it out. It's really good. He's really good. He's really good at what he does. He's really good at making shows, making content, um, you know, for consumption uh, you know, especially interesting, creative, innovative content. And, you know, he, it's clear he had a hard, very hard time, <laughs> yeah. you know, as most people would working under these kinds of circumstances. Um, so, yeah, it's just it just kind of goes to show it's just one of those one of those interesting things where it's like, yeah, this this pretty much lines up with um, what we had expected, though, honestly, considering even these circumstances, I think I think D.C. did pretty, pretty. Um, they, I mean, they, 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 they released some bangers <laughs> even under these circumstances with Aquaman, Joker, um, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, then, then a few others as well. So, uh, Wonder Woman and, and whatnot. So they, so, you know, they, they were able to come out with decent movies, but under these circumstances, it was just, it was, uh, kind of a setup for failure from the beginning. I mean, Kendall, I mean, people, multiple people have done like, literal list of the movies that we were told about that didn't get made. And these are movies that like, this wasn't even like some of those random rumors that we were getting like that was coming out. This is just stuff that we actually know. The yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. like CBR.com shout out to them. They have like a list of 10 previous announced movies that won't happen. Batgirl, The Trench, Nightwing, Blackhawk, Cyborg, uh, New Gods, <laughs> uh, Wonder Twins. Yes, Lobo was on another list I saw. Green Lantern Corps, Deathstroke, um, Batman Beyond, which we learned most recently. Like, there's another one that had 21 movies yeah, that, that we was, that we supposed to David didn't see. Green Arrow, Escape from Supermax, uh, Man of Steel two. Uh, like it's like Plastic Man. <laughs> like, like you you're reading this and it's like it almost doesn't look real. Like it's like. <laughs> How, like, how is this possible? But now you know how it was possible. People it, it, were coming it, in, and then executives were talking to these, these creators, these people are ahead and what they wanted to do, and then they just were running to the Hollywood Reporter or Variety saying, yo, this is what we're doing. And it was ludicrous because there was, as David yeah. Gore says, no real work done to actually get those things off the ground. EJ, it literally, you going rattling off that list, it literally looks like someone just walked into a comic book store, just looked at the different comics on the shelf, they said we're just gonna make a movie yeah. about all. Just write all this down. 
Have you ever seen that? Have you all seen that <laughs> that that Michael Jackson clip where he's in like some antique store? It's like a sixty minute story, and he's so rich. It's like some antique store where everything's like hundred, like tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he just literally walks in a store. He's just telling his like assistants, he's like, "I want that. That one's mine. Give me that one. That one over there. That one <laughs> yeah. over there is mine." Give me that one right there. That one right there. Yes, over there. You give me that one. And these things all cost $100,000, $200,000, $70,000, $1,000,000. But he's so rich, it doesn't matter because he's Michael Jackson. He can get whatever he wants. And, uh, you know, this is, like, at the end of Michael Jackson's kind of life. So, like, he's, you know, he's, he's at his most zany. So, like, he sounds kind of weird doing it. He sounds like it's like this guy, Does he? what's he doing? But, like, that's... Uh, you're right. That sounds like someone from D.C. just, again, wins a combo store and it's like, oh, that would be cool. Oh, that would be cool, too. Hey, we're going to do that. And then, do, and then went and, again, told major movie outlets. I mean, I'm seeing Black Canary. That was another one. Static Shock. <laughs> ben Affleck's Batman. Harley Quinn versus the Joker. Gotham City Sirens. Like It's like, it's crazy. That's like, I named you, like, almost 30 movies that they said. And there's some that aren't on these lists that we heard about. Yep. Yes, there are. Kendall, I mean, I mean, how, what, Kendall, like, what was, what is, like, what do you think of, what was your perspective when you heard uh, about this stuff from Gore? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's exactly what he had mentioned. I mean, obviously they were, uh, they they were chaotic. This is kind of stuff that we knew. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's unfortunate um, because if, you know, some of these ideas weren't like they weren't like inherently bad as much as it was the timing was just way off you know they didn't there's a step by step process that you have to go to go through and i feel like they've got their bearings under them now the the shows uh and the movies that he's greenlit um are obviously things that he has stories for so i'll give him uh, i'll give him that credit and say that um and he's, I've, you know, he was on, he's been on podcasts talking about, uh, you know, how there are two, there's a gluttony of stories that don't need to be made in today's day and age. So I, you know, give him benefit that when he's making, you know, yeah. creature commandos and stuff like that, that he understands that um, there's no point in making some of these projects. So if he is making it, that is for a reason and that there is a value and there is something that's coming out of it. So um, on the flip side, you know, DC obviously didn't have that intentional approach. They were just trying to find any IP that can make them yeah, money. Exactly. And it did without having an actual plan for it, you know, and Marvel for the most part did not approach it that way. Uh, as far as we've known, I mean, the only one that kind of feels like that a little bit has been blade where I'm like, you know, maybe, that feels- maybe uh, Eternals. Yeah. Eternals. You know, I, Eternals is weird because I feel like they, I think they thought it was going to be better than it was. Um, it was at least well received than it was. Um, I don't know if they immediately jumped at it and was like, oh, this is definitely like a money maker, but, um, but I think they just thought the Chloe Zhao and yeah. all the different aspects of it, it was going to be more popular than it was. But, but like Blade really feels like, you know, they're just like, you know, Marjali is Blade equals money. You know, right. Yeah, for sure. You're right about that. You know, like that. That's that's like the DC approach that it feels like they took for uh that they that they took for a whole you know era you know whole decade worth of worth of uh, superhero films. So, um, 
and granted, most of these movies weren't made, which is probably for the better. Uh, besides Batman Beyond, obviously that one should have been made. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's 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 very interesting to hear these guys that you know were once on that side. You know, obviously Goyer um, likely not going to be working on any DC films anytime soon. Talking like this, but I don't think so. uh, you know, it's 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 interesting to hear from you know, and it's. That's why we always talk about how great like these podcast interviews are with some of these folks because they're not necessarily, especially a guy like Goyer who's you know obviously has a lot of you know chops as a writer you know going through an active strike right now he's got no reason to to not <laughs> to not to protect the studios he's got no reason are, to yeah Warner Brothers so um you know I think that you know we talk we talk about it all the time but these a lot of these figures in this industry would make great podcasts guests if they oh, want yeah for sure um, yeah and in some ways i mean the only reason why they don't is because they want to keep relationships and not burn bridges but yeah they'd be great conversations probably that's absolutely yeah because there's so much and um, a few people that do i mean like michael like rosenbaum's podcast is like really good yep yes um yeah you learn so, so much yeah exactly um one of the one of my favorite parts of the the james gunn rosenbaum interview that I that I don't talk about a lot is the is him talking about how he was one of the finalists to play Star Lord, you know, and yeah. how he didn't, he didn't get that role. Um but he, you know, he uh, he auditioned for it and whatnot and um you know, and it just goes back to, you know, cuz that was at the time when Gunn was still casting, you know, for Superman and Lois and how, you know, they were talking about the the leaks and you know how they try to be delicate with that kind of stuff, but um but yeah, no. I mean, uh, overall, this was a uh, it was definitely informative. Uh, some of it was like stuff that you kind of, even though we didn't know it officially, we kind of already knew. Um, you could tell from the outside how this thing was being run, but um, but yeah, no. Uh, I mean, like you said, Jamari Goyer is a he's a credible source. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, shout out, shout out to Goyer. I appreciate him for the the little candid seat, candid. This they uh they presented to the conversation on on this and it confirming again what we all suspected was that you know there's basically a lot of hot air happening over at DC and um, with James Gunn there and, and his his attention to detail he he claims to have and I think we've seen some of that in just the things that he's created that you know there's hope that that DC is not in those years anymore that they aren't just creating IP for no reason or deciding to just say they're doing stuff without actually no plan to actually make stuff. It seems like they're in the right track. But I thought this was a, a great uh, point to have uh, Goyer mention how things were because it was such it it occupied so much of our time on well, not just our podcast, but I think a lot of other content creators and podcasts and writers who be covering stuff being like, "What the hell? How does these going to do all these movies that they're saying is happening when they do nothing to actually start them?" And then also they're still having trouble making the movies that they actually supposed to have in production. So uh, shout out to David Corey for uh, saying this, but. I think that's a good place to leave. So I want to thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of New Generation Hero Talk. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Of course, you can catch all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Also, be sure to check us out on YouTube, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcasts, and on Facebook as well, New Generation Media. And make sure you follow us individually on media on social media as well. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, uh, Instagram, Action EJ. Shamar can be found on uh, Snapchat and Instagram, MCSharon22. And Ken will be found on Twitter, 
new gen Ken. Thank you guys again so much for checking this out. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.